All right. Ray De La Nuez. Ooh, that was good. <laughs> I lived in Phoenix for a long time, so I can I can spice can like I know what down. I sound like. Yeah, I can roll my <laughs> I can roll my R's. Give me a 90 second bio on you. Boom, 90 seconds starting well, now. Okay, you're military. It doesn't have to be so hard edged, but <laughs> no, you yeah, I gotta take you literally. Okay. Um, let's see how you no, do so it. My name is Ray De La Nuez. I am currently a second lieutenant in the United States Marine Corps. Um, it's been an awesome adventure, though. Um, I have three children. I'm married. Uh, it's been eight years with us. And man, where I stand now is starkly different than where I was even just a decade from now. Um, a decade ago, I was an 18-year-old guy just joining the military, saying yes to a few things. But um more of those things that I was saying yes to were the negatives, things that were separating me from mm. where I needed to be in life. Um, I was originally born in the Dominican Republic, um, and I had a father who's not in the picture, uh, but he did teach me by way of example that men uh, sleep with a lot of women and just kind of bounce around, do a bunch of crazy stuff and just, you know, you're looking after yourself. And so I did that. I did that for many, many years in my in my uh young age. And then even as I became a man, you know, as the world standard 18 and older um, until man, finally it caught up with me. And I just, I knew that there was a plug missing. I kept trying to fit triangle and octagon pegs into a circle um, and something was missing. I, I, I felt it. I knew it. And no woman uh, no party, no crowd, no group, no military accomplishment would ever fill those holes. Um, and man, that Jesus brought me to my knees already being married, um, already having established a household and showed me that, Hey, you have built your foundation on sand. Mm. And I started a process, a long process over the last eight years uh, with my with my wife uh, along along my side, thankfully, of just developing myself as the man that I was intended to be, the man that God created me to be, and not just who the world has been telling me to be. So, who made that that introduction? Where did that? Uh, obviously, I, I get it. You felt that that emptiness, but where? Who was there? A person or something that was the catalyst? That yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. Um, actually, I would say I was always aware of God, um, just being in the Spanish culture, right? We have a reverence and an awareness of God. Well, most of us are very uh, Roman Catholic based, but God was just a figure in the sky who was like a policeman. That was never really a uh, reverence that brought me to submission. Mm. And so even though I was aware of God and I said I would, I gave my life to God when I was 18, nothing really changed until I finally started to establish a church family um, and I started to read the word. Right. And so this was my, in my early years of being in the Marine Corps, um, not married yet, but Hey, I was still watching pornography. I was still going out to the club. Mm -hmm. I thought I could just start going to church and just to keep doing everything I was doing. It wasn't until um, I was married and my wife said, I'm out. She mm -hmm. waited until I left for work. And she called me. She's like, I'm moving in with my sister. Oh, wow. Uh, extremely embarrassing. Cause uh, you know, just everybody else who had to get involved in that entire thing. And I found myself, no kidding. I am a 22 year old man weeping on the beach in Southern California at 11 o'clock at night inside of my Marine Corps issued sleeping bag. Just like, God, I am a mess. What is going on? I found, I'm not kidding here, Stephen. I found a man online who said, hey, if you're dealing with junk, 
if, if you know, if you're going through this, like I could help you, uh, let's set up a Skype conversation. And from that moment, he, he decided to answer the phone call. And from that moment on, I developed a coaching mentor relationship with a man named Andy, um, who walked me through so much and taught me how to become a man. He taught me the way and always pointed me to the way. He encouraged me and empowered me as I kept going. And he was right there in the middle of the messes, right there in the middle of the mistakes, but just kept showing me. And that, and I find, man, that that's what so many guys need. So many guys desire that opportunity to have a guy that says, yes, I will show you. Um, yes, I'll show you what worked for me and what didn't work for me. And you, you make your own journey. Awesome. So that was the start. What did that process look like? Was it I mean, what kind of a span of time do you feel like before it really took hold with you? You know, I guess you'd have to define what, you know, you would consider the wins, right? So like, was me no longer feeling like I was lusting the win, right? Cause that was just one aspect of it. And how long did that take, man? I was battling that for years. You can imagine mm-hmm. being five years into a marriage and still being, uh, worried and fearful of lusting. Right. And even though I didn't desire it, even though I didn't want it, it was like this battle going on in my mind. So getting that in check, yeah, it took, it took a long time. Um, and then it was the, maybe the aspect of, uh, getting rid of selfishness and arrogance and developing, right? Like how long did that take? Man, I'm still working on it. Right. (laughs) Yeah, It's probably safe to say we all are. Exactly. And so I I think for that, in in terms of the process, I would say I'm still on it, but if I can point to specific things that, that were wins along the way, like I became, um, I took extreme ownership of my life, you know, and that took maybe a year of, I said, you know what, no, if I made a mistake, I will own it. Um, I took ownership of my emotional health. You know, I started to go through a deep process of forgiving people from my past, uh, forgiving my father, forgiving my mom and all of these things. So like, Yes, there were milestones that I hit along the way, but man, these last eight years have been continual learning, continual growing. And I have yet a lot more growing to do because I'm sure I'll look back a decade from now and be thankful that I'm not, you know, that I've changed as much as I will have. That's awesome. So is it a fair question to ask then, when did your wife know that it was legit? I mean, if she was that close to saying, I'm done, I'm out. When, when did she feel safe to go, okay, you can have my heart. I think, I think it had to have been two to three years later. Oh, wow. and here's why I say that she came back, right? She came back after maybe a month um, and moved back in with me. But what ended up happening is that she was going through the struggle with me. And so we would, uh, I give you an analogy. We would have a, uh, a jar, let's say, and we might put a, a, a marble in it. And then we'd have another good day, might put another marble in it. We might have a really good conversation, end up putting another marble in it. We might make a heart connection. Another marble goes into this jar. Little by little, I'm filling up this jar. We get to about halfway and I make a huge mess. I don't just pour out the jar, right? I crash the jar, (laughs) throw it on the ground. We got to go to the store, buy a whole new jar, you know? And so... Again, I think I would say it took maybe two to three years for her to really buy into the fact that, okay, this man can actually be the person who God said he is. Um, He's actually working and doing this thing. And he's actually caring about the small things, caring about working on his heart and developing himself. Um, And by this point, man, I'm already a father, Mm. right? So totally an incomplete and totally an uninitiated man. 
but in the process and in the progress. And I think it was about two years when my wife said, you know what? Yeah, this is a good process. Awesome. So then when did you start to know or, you know, see that within your own uh, process that this is not just you? I'm sure that at that point you could look around at the men that you were with to go, wait a minute, I can see this in other guys. Yeah. That awareness. And then maybe that, uh, that push that you needed to do something else with it. Yeah. Well, I, I started to see right away only because you see, it's almost like if your eyes are open to something, you are now conscious of that thing. Right. But you can also be conscious of how much you don't know. And that's, that's totally fine. Conscious, consciously aware of what you don't know is a good place to be. Cause then you know what you need to go out and learn when you have that awareness. And when you grow in that awareness of what you don't know, and you're actually seeking that thing out, you can start to look around and see how many people are unconsciously unaware. And that is the most dangerous state to be in, right? It's a guy who's wandering around in his life, literally doing whatever feels good, whatever looks good, whatever tastes good, whatever it provides instant gratification. And you're looking around and you're saying, you know what? I'm still in the process. I don't know exactly how this is supposed to look like, but I know that that guy is way off. Mm. And I could see it because we come together as a couple and maybe I don't even look at him when I ask the question, so how's your marriage doing? I look at the discomfort that his wife feels. Yeah. And maybe I don't ask him, Hey man, so how, uh, how is everything at home to see how he answers? But I look to his children and how much they either want to come close to him or how much they want to stay away from him. Yeah. It's, it's those uh, sad little barometers that, that say so much without speaking a word. I mean, I think that's, I've, yeah. I've seen that in, in so many people the same way. Uh, as a Marine, I mean, you've got, you've got men in your charge. Are you granted that kind of access? I mean, obviously there's, I, I, I can only assume that there are certain things that you are required to do. That's your job. But beyond that, into the personal, uh, were you comfortable with speaking into a young man's life as opposed to just giving orders? Yeah, 100%. I think when you look at the uniform, you have to break the mindset right away. The, the sooner you can do this, the better leaders you will become. And this can apply to every single area of life, uh, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, whether you are a technician, whatever it is. But in my case, wearing this uniform signifies you know, what I represent and what I stand for. Um, so the faster that you can look past the uniform and realize that the person wearing the uniform, you know, in my case, many times is a man first, right. Or I'm sorry, a, a man second and a human first, mm. you start to really get down to the, to the, the basic, right. The foundation of this person and not just realize like, okay, this is a private or a Lance corporal who's under my charge, who I need to, you know, command in this way. But I also have to be able to reach the man. I have to be able to reach the human that is that United States Marine. Mm. And so I, I did. I have had the privilege of being able to have guys come to me, close the door and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. And we can have those kneecap to kneecap conversations. 
And it's really cool to see how God shows up in the military. I think a lot of people think that the military is a, a Christian list uh, organization. Uh, but man, you would be surprised at how many Bibles are open during lunchtime mm-hmm. in the military. And I think seeing that and being humbled by that, knowing that, okay, yeah, we are training for war. But at the same time, I'm actually speaking to the, to the individual who is that Marine that man who is that Marine. And we're talking about the things that are really going on in his heart, the things that really have hurt him, the the ways that his wife um, looks at him or doesn't look at him anymore. Mm. The ways that he isn't connecting with his, uh, with his friends or with his peers. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure that it's occurred to you that God has you in that place for such a time as this kind of stuff that, that even that moment back on the beach, in your complete brokenness was, was leading you to a point like this, where now you can turn and speak life. I love that kneecap to kneecap picture into other people who are very likely in a position, very similar to what you walked through. I mean, has that, uh, that mantle, how does that feel for you? I have to constantly remind myself that it does not end with me. Um, It doesn't start with me and that it's not about me. Mm. And I think the biggest wake up or the biggest reminder of this most recent was when I was at a uh, school in Florida for a little while, I was helping train midshipmen while I was there. Midshipmen are uh, essentially future Marine Corps officers or Navy officers um, training to do so. And once they graduate college, they earn their commission. And I was, as I was doing this, um, God just put it on my heart to do a Bible study with these guys, show them that in the military, like, Hey, if you're a Christian, you don't have to have a secular sacred divide. Like you can combine the two, you know? Mm. And so I'm kind of just dialoguing with these guys and showing them these things that I've learned along the way. I'm just, you know, staying up at night on Thursday. Cause we're doing this thing on Friday morning. And I'm like, kind of trying to bring my best and be witty with everything that I do with the lesson plans and everything. And I'm like, you know, semester goes by and I'm like, okay, I think I did well. I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself. I'm glad that I did that. And why I say I have to be, that was a big reminder for me is because at the end of that summer, I had a 19 year old girl who was there um, contact me and she said, Hey, sir, would you be able to come to XYZ beach uh, to see me being baptized? Mm-hmm. I just want you to know you had a huge impact on my life. Um, and I've decided to give my life to the Lord because of our Bible studies. So a moment like that has got to be something that will notched, be notched in your head forever. Yeah. Yeah. That That it doesn't take much, just a willingness to say, okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I, and like I said before, like I was thinking, I'm just kind of going to be witty and gonna, this is going to be entertaining and fun. It's like, no, dude, like, God just wants you to show up and just spend time with these guys and you by just being there by example. Um, Cause you don't know what one thing you said it was. You don't know what one thing it was that, that caused her to move her heart. It's just, it was God, right? We are all called to be fishers of men, but we're not, we're not the ones that are like scaling and gutting mm. them out, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I'm thinking too, how it's, what is it? An act where it says that whoever the, 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 the big wig was like, he could tell that these were not men of great training. 
when they were, you know, it's like <laughs> these, these guys have no special skills, but yes. yet it was their willingness to just stand there and proclaim Christ that thousands were being added to the kingdom daily. That's right. Just letting God speak through them. Yeah. Just showing up. So I, I can all, as you were saying that the other thing, it's like, cool, you did a Bible study and those are the, th- the easy things to point to, but it has to occur to you that, you know, what did you say? It was a Friday morning Bible study. Yes. Okay. So that's when you meet, that's when you open the scriptures, but then how much more important is your just daily life on Saturday, the day after that, or Wednesday, a week later, that just the way you're doing daily stuff and not, oh, here's our Bible study. Well, yes, where we look all pious and we try to look like we know what we're doing. But Wednesday, when you're frustrated with somebody, how do you react? Yeah. What does that look like uh, when there's pressure on? When those same, yeah. those same eyes that were watching you lead a Bible study are now watching you under pressure. Yeah. Has that, does that occur to you? <laughs> 100%. Man. And I think it's one of the most humbling things too, though, because you almost feel as a Christian, sometimes like a pressure, um, to perform. And then that's how you evangelize or like a pressure to be. And that's how people know you're a Christian. But I promise you, I had never spoken to this one guy, or at least I never remember him. And I got a message from him on Instagram. He said, sir, you probably don't know me, uh, but I'm a bit shipman at Embry-Riddle. And that's the school that I was at. And he says, you know, I just want to tell you, like, thank you for the example that you set. Thank you for being this. Thank you for being bold and everything that you did and the way that you carried yourself and this and that and the other. And I'm like, wow. I did that, you know, like, I don't, I don't remember this guy. And I almost felt bad because I felt like if I had a personal impact on you, I should, I should know you. I should at least know your name. But in that moment, I realized that your actions, a lot of times speak louder than your words. And so the things that you are doing say more about you than the things that you say to them. And I would, I would take the opportunity to talk to 250 of those guys at one time, anytime that I could just, Hey, let me spread a positive message, a positive message. Hmm. But it, it wasn't those times where I was gathering the group and gathering the company to say something that made the most impact. I think it was really the times that they saw how I handled the situation that they saw, um, humility on display, that they saw how I carried myself, uh, publicly and privately in whatever capacity they could. And I I do this well, I think on Instagram, just allowing people into my private life, um, and being able to see how I handle these things. They saw that and they're able to see there's something different about that guy. And that was just the most recent example. But I can tell you, man, people have come up to me and said, hey, there's something different about you. I had a woman um, when I was a sergeant at a martial arts course. She says, there's something different about you. I don't know what it is. And then she kind of goes back to class. She turns around abruptly and looks at me. She's like, I know what it is. You don't curse. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I don't curse. And mind you, like. I will say a curse word here and there. I will reserve them for times where I feel very frustrated and it does slip out. And I'm not legalistic like Christians shouldn't curse. Like I get it. I want to clean up my speech because that's my own personal conviction. Um, But the fact that she just knew there's something different about you being in this classroom with 30 of our peers but yet you don't look the same. You're wearing the Mm -hmm. same uniform. You're the same rank, but you don't look the same. Right. 
one of those instances where you never know who's watching kind of a thing. That's what it sounds like. Exactly. Something else that, that I, I thought about because I just, and maybe it's because I'm a grandpa now and your, your kids look very close in age to my grandkids. Uh, yeah. they obviously mean the world to you and back to that barometer. I love just the, the, the videos that you post, you can see in the, in your kids smiles that they just adore their dad. And I love that. Um, when you come home after a long day of being a Marine and you're tired, but those kids need some, some dad time, where do you find that reserve to then be able to pour into them? I'm building the habit right now, man. Yeah, I'm trying to build the habit on what I'm doing and what I'm being intentional about is taking the time that I have while I drive home getting my mindset off of work, getting my mindset off of my hire, you know, my, my, uh, hires mission that is being delegated to me, getting my mind off of the things that I'm delegated to my subordinates and getting it on the fact that I am raising up a generation of world changers. Mm. And so I get to just take, you know, figuratively a lot of times, cause I drive home in my uniform, take the uniform off and start putting on the cape or start putting on the tutu that my wet, my, uh, little daughter is going to want me to yeah. wear, uh, figuratively, of course, Unashamed. Guys. <laughs> and I'm trying to build that habit of doing that, man, because I know that my kids, my kids need something. When I get home, they need something. They need my eyes to go on whatever it is that they're trying to show me. They need my mind to stay present. Another thing my wife and I are doing, and this is just, you know, just taking the small steps, the small actions to build a better, better lifestyle, you know, building those habits. We're putting a stop clock on and we're saying, Hey, for at least 25 to 30 minutes, we're going to sit down on their level and play. Mm. And so I'll get down on their level. And I love it. I, I really do. I, I put a timer on, but I actually go over that timer every single time. We'll sit down and play Legos. That's what I'm doing with them. Perfect. And what I find so intriguing is that my son, my daughter, both age five and three, respectively, are able to hold my face and say, Daddy, I love you. <laughs> and when they say it, they're not saying it because I'm, I'm requiring it of them. They want to say it on their own. They want to express the love that they feel. And I, I realize, man, that when I am doing that, when I'm just getting on their level and building Legos with them, I am seeking the kingdom first by doing that. Mm-hmm. Like Mike seeking the kingdom first is not just going to be me sitting down in my, in my nook, which I would love to do <laughs> and reading my Bible and journaling and praying like that is seeking God. Yes. But seeking the kingdom first also looks like helping my wife cook dinner, mm-hmm. coming home and sitting down with my children, playing Legos, putting them to bed. Although everything inside of me would just rather pawn it off onto my wife and say, you got it, babe. I'm going to sit on Instagram. That's so good. And I think that that's, uh, that's necessary. Um, I feel like what I have been so aware of here in the last year ish, uh, how one Oh one, how much one Oh one we're missing. I think we're always looking for some new program, you know, even just down into things like, well, we need a new diet. We need, we need a new manufacturing plan. We are always looking for a new thing, but at the end of all of it is still just basics. 
And is it just yes. too basic for us? I, I know that I'm guilty of that, but how simple it is to just come home at the end of your day and play Legos. Well, that's not, yeah. that's not new. That's yeah. something that <laughs> I had Legos when I was your, was your kid's age, you know? Yes. But, but how sad is it that we're, you know, sit-ups, push-ups, jumping jacks, that, that will get you <laughs> healthy, right? Yes. How do we get more of a mindset that says, just do the simple stuff? And I don't, not to say that you've got to have some magic answer for that, but what does that look like for you? In the Marine Corps, we have the term, break it down Barney style. I don't, have you ever heard that before? No, but I already <laughs> love it and I can't wait for you to explain it. <laughs> I mean, you can imagine having a, you know, an E7, this is a gunnery sergeant. He's salty. You know, he's kind of lost his voice. So he kind of sounds like this. <laughs> And he's talking to a whole company of Marines, you know, some, some salt dogs, some war dogs who just came back from Afghanistan. He's like, all right, guys, so I'm going to break it down Barney style. Right. <laughs> and whenever, <laughs> whenever they, you know, engage in these conversations and they break it down Barney style, quote unquote, all they're doing is just going back to the elementary things that were taught initially. All right. If you are going to be an effective machine gunner, and get rounds down range, effective rounds down range, because you can, I can shoot all day. I can press this trigger, but it's effective rounds down range that will honor the money of the American citizens that are paying for them. <laughs> In order to do that, we're going to just have to get back to the basics. So what were you taught? What mm -hmm. were you given? What were the tools that you were given when you went through your initial training? And every Christian can relate to this right here. You ready? Hey, how about love? Because I don't know how many times Jesus said to just love one another mm. or just displayed love for one another. Yep. Right. Let me, let me break it down. Barney style. How about just thinking of others higher than yourself? And so when I go home and have an argument with my wife, this is a true story. Unfortunately, have an argument with my wife about who's going to cook dinner because I have cooked dinner for the last three years and now it's her turn. <laughs> I could just say, you know what? I can do three years and one day. Yep. You know, let me break it down Barney style and just go back to the fact that uh, Jesus laid his life down. And he said that whoever would humble himself will actually be exalted. Mm. And so just these simple actions, man, we, we're looking for the next biggest, greatest P90X, right? Get my, get my P90 abs in the next 90 days. We're looking for these quick fix for Amazon prime to deliver the next solution mm. when really flip open the Bible, start with Genesis one. I'll meet you in the new Testament. Let's go. Yeah. I think more now than ever, God has been really showing me and walking me through what I actually did over the last eight years. So it's one thing to have gone through a process, you know, that's one thing to have gone through a war, let's say, and not really have, taking time to look back and look at all the individual battles mm. and see really what went right and what went wrong. And as he did this, as he's showing me the history of the last eight years, he's giving me a map. He's giving me a, a tool really to design a map that's going to be able to help guys get from where they are now to where they need to be tomorrow. Tomorrow.